Hello and welcome to Paper Tuesday with Michael Dwyer and Mark Halpin. Uh, Michael, would you like to introduce our guest today? Yeah, this is a great one. This is Colm Dolan of the Sober Mess podcast. Yuck. How are you, Colm? How are you, lads? How are you getting on? Oh, Not fantastic. Much. Like, we're, it's great that you uh, actually suggested that we record this morning because, you know, it, it feels great recording at half eight in the morning. But of course, this isn't early for you, Colm. You were up at half six at the 40 foot. Tell us, I, why do you love yeah. the 40 foot? Yeah, but... I'll tell you, I'm down to 40 feet, for a fair bit now. They're going to start charging me rent. I mean, I'm down there more than the sea is. <laughs> <laughs> no, th- thanks for having me on, lads. Really, really appreciate it. And yeah, I've seen, I've seen the message paper Tuesdays. And the first scene, I thought it was like an arts and crafts podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that. starting me on. I was going to call it M- Mala Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you just get the name from? Well, that's a good one, actually, Colm. So, uh, we, um, when I was in secondary school, I used to get the Guardian, the Gory Guardian, as you know, that was probably your yeah. favorite newspaper growing up. And uh, <laughs> I, I take Snapchats from it and I call it Paper Tuesdays. And then when we started this podcast, then we thought this would be the revival of Paper Tuesdays. And only a few weeks ago, Colm, we were in the Gory Garden. So there you are now. There you go, now, Jesus. So so You are? Yeah, so you were in Gory Community School for two years. So um, how how come you were down here? So what it was, I remember when I was, when I was about 30, I think it was about 10, and uh, my mom actually left Dublin and moved down. And I remember when I was leaving first, I was like, oh, I really miss my friends and all, and if we move. And my mom was saying, oh, don't worry, Colin, we'll make loads of new friends down here in Wexford. So my mom moved into a place called Kleine, and uh, we started in a school in Ballygarrett in the middle of an hour. I don't know if you know this place. <laughs> so I checked into the school, and out in the yard, and all the kids, I thought they'd, they'd think I'm cool. Like, they all started slagging me because I'm from Dublin. They're like, oh, I bet you, you rob cars and, and you do heroin. And I'm like, because oh, they're from Dublin. And I'm like, I'm only, I'm only 10 years old. Like, you know what I mean? And I remember that. I gone, like, I can't wait to go back up to Dublin. I remember the first weekend uh, after being in Wexford for the week, going back up to Dublin to see my friends. And I go back up, and then the lads started hit, slagging me, going, oh, here's the cult, you know, here's the bugger. <laughs> so I, everywhere they went, it belonged nowhere, like, you know what I mean? It was gas. So, yeah, I ended up bed. So then I went, I ended up moving to school in the Bally, Bally Canoe. And uh, and then, yeah, I went to, went to Gordy. And I think I, I was on the hop in Gordy more than I was in the class. <laughs> uh, I think, who was the principal? Mr. Sweetman was the principal at the time. And uh, yeah, I was in his office all the time. <laughs> you know, I seen him more than I seen me, ma. <laughs> well, there's a good one now because I went to school in Ballygarrett, and my mother could have taught you, so you never know, really. <laughs> Your mom? Yeah, my mom t- taught there, so, or teaches there even. Sorry, oh, go away, really? Yeah, there you are. There you go. No. Yeah. <laughs> how, how did you find having a mom as a teacher? Did you get like, uh, did you get easy homework and stuff oh, like that? Oh no, no, it was you know you got the same treatment, you got the same level of notes and everything, you know. Oh notes. really? Yeah, yeah Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> no way. So you, you were for Christmas, you were getting a maths book and a lot of rulers and all every year. <laughs> <laughs> You've discussed before in the podcast, Colm, that you kind of have only kind of found your own. Well, sure, you use the same expression that you went to Asia and you found yourself. Like, you know, that you're really coming into your own in the last year or so. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, look, it's, um, like, I, I, was, I would have been, I was working on a fairly, like, I, I started off, like, I, I, as you know, like, I would have got so, I would have kind of 
suffered with mental health and then through as a resource as i suppose as a, a solution for my mental health i turned to alcohol and would have developed like a, a heavy enough drinking problem at quite a young age like you know and uh, yeah and then anything like i just had an addictive personality it didn't matter if it's drink drugs or figurals you know what i mean whatever whatever i could use as a kind of escape for my mental health to use and when i got sober then i went back to college and didn't have leaving so i went back as a mature student and i done sports science uh in ucd and then um going on then i actually got a job in it and really really big company got a job in it and worked my way up through the ranks you know and uh so I had a really good job, you know, really good wage. And I just found it, you know, near the end, you know, really stressful. You know, it was a really stressful job. And it was just, it was kind of just hitting my mental health quite a lot. You know, I mean, I remember before going into work, like, I nearly had panic attacks for going in the door, like, you know. And uh, and then, you know, I, I was on the fence whether to leave or not. I didn't know what to do. And I was kind of at crossroads. And then one day I just said, feck it, you know, I handed me notice. And the end of handing me notice and booking a trip out to Thailand. And, uh, I went there, I went to Thailand for three months. I went to Thailand, Cambodia, um, Vietnam, and then Bali. And then like all the all the all corona malarkey kicked off then <clears throat> last April. And I came home. And I would have kept traveling like, but uh, my mom was on the phone with me. And I don't know if your mom's are like this, but my mom would ring you every week and give you the update of RIP, like, you know what I mean? She'd tell you everyone that every like it was, it was a world cup for negativity like my mad probably win it like you know but <laughs> you know so she'd be ringing me telling me all the updates martin you know you need to come home this is going on this is going on and so i ended up coming home early and uh, yeah it was just it was just i felt like oh, that typical cliche starter pack you know i had like the baggy pants all the all the beads <laughs> on my hands you know the, the buddhas you know the dream catches and i was on this this vibe when I got home so I wanted to kind of go exploring that so I decided to go back back to college study uh, study psychology and try and be kind of I don't know try and use my own experience to kind of you know tell people look it's all right to fucking uh, you know if you're struggling with your mental health you're going through hard times or you know everything's only a moment nothing lasts like you know what I mean so yeah, that was me kind of finding myself you know what I mean and but that's the thing man we're all on our journeys we're all kind of doing our own things, you know what I mean? If it's Mall of Monday or Paper Tuesday, you know, we're all going to just trying to put a good message out there, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's it, Colm. That's it. Um you you've actually you're now volunteering for aware like, like, aren't you yeah that's just yeah. brilliant you know to see that transition from someone who you know needed to call on their services to someone that's now actually helping people. Yeah. But that's it, man. Like I find the best way to cheer yourself up is to try and cheer someone else up. And you know, before I, I like with my own history, you know, as I said, like struggling with my mental health and my addictions, you know, I would have I'd carry this around and me like I judged myself for, for my past. But whereas now I find these things are my gifts, you know, these things are my superpower. I can use these, I suppose, to transcend my experience to the benefit of other people. Like, you know what I mean? That being able to talk to someone and resonate with someone you know you get this sense of belonging and a connection and a trust when you feel like jeez this this guy knows what he's talking about you know he's been there you know what i mean and i find that when i felt like that when i was in a very dark hole uh you know when look i'll tell you i remember hearing this great analogy like you know there's this guy where go to the analogies you're on you're the best lad i've ever heard for analogies. <laughs> go on yeah <laughs> yeah 
No, it's just it's, it's just a little story I remember hearing. It kind of wraps up what I'm trying to say using my experience. Like, I remember there was a guy down at Dark Hole and he can't get out of it. And um, this millionaire walks past and says, please, mate, will you help me? Will you help me? And he writes him a check and he throws it down. And the man's stuck down. He's still stuck down the Dark Hole. He has a check. And then the priest walks past. He says, please, Father, will you help me? Will you help me? And the priest says a rosary says the rosary for him and walks on, but he's still stuck down the soul. Then a doctor walks past, he says, please, will you help me? And the doctor writes him a prescription, throws it down the hole, and he's still stuck down this hole. You know, he has a check, he's his rosary with, and he's a prescription, but he still can't get out. And then a guy walks past and jumps down the hole beside him. And the man goes, what do you have to do, man? Now, now the two of us are stuck down here. He says, yeah, man, but I've been down here before and I can show you the way out. Follow me. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes that... Being able to walk someone with someone that's walked that path as well. Because when you're going through hard times with depression or anxiety, you know, it can be very lonely because you think you're the only one on planet Earth that's going through it. You know, you look out the window, you see people on the way to work or on the way to school or college or wherever, and you think everyone, no one else ever suffers in the world. You think it's only you going through the struggle. You know, and then when you open up and start to talk to people, you're like, oh, that, you do that too? Or, oh, no, so do I, you know? And people start to talk about it. It's like saying, oh, are you at the bed? Oh, you at the bed too. So it was John, you know? And everyone's just opening up about how they wet the bed. Or everyone's opening up about how they get anxiety or depression. And you realise... Well, you get a sense of belonging then. You get a sense of relief when you realise it's not just you, you know what I mean? And um, so that was my thing. When I, I got that, when someone was out to open up and talk to me and show me their vulnerabilities, it gave me, like, permission to be vulnerable, you know? And I was like, right, how can I better, you know, how can I use my experience to benefit other people? So I applied for a, a few places I could volunteer. So I volunteer with, with AWARE, I volunteer with Outreach Homeless, you know, and a few other places. And just being able to use my experience to benefit other people. And I find that so satisfying. A few years ago, you know, I was chasing the successful life, you know, I was chasing the money and the cars and the clothes and, you know, I felt so lonely and I felt so empty, but the next car was going to fix that or the next pair of runners or the next form of external validation that I could find would fill that inner void and it never did, man, and that led to me nearly one like nearly having a breakdown on a job and it was only when I started chasing that satisfied life, you know, doing stuff that, you know, lights my soul on fire, you know, and you know, gives me such a buzz of being getting up for the sunrise, going for the swim, you know, um, connecting with nature, going for hikes, you know, doing all these things, the creativity, you know, all these things that just make me feel satisfied, you know what I mean? And that's my endeavor today is just to chase that satisfied life. Like, do ask yourself what genuinely gives you a sense of joy. Are you doing something just because you want people to think you're cool or people to think you're deadly? Are you doing it because it makes you happy and you genuinely? Like it. and that's what I was, but as I said, when I was younger, you know, I used to always morph into all these different characters. It was like the chameleon, you know, the lizard that changed colours. I was like that as a kid because I didn't feel like I fit in anywhere. So I got really good at oh, if we wear this football jersey, or if we walk like this, or if we talk like this, or if we listen to this music. You know, I, I had two Spotify playlists, so I had a playlist that I like. I know the playlist that I played when the lads were around, so they think I'm cool, like, you know what I mean? So I was always trying to impress the people around me. And it wasn't until I got older and I said, Jesus, I actually like the sunrises or getting in the sea or nature or, or listening to music, like, you know what I mean? And so that was the that was the that was the crack when I started to find what makes me satisfied rather than what I think you want me to be or what I think you want me to be successful, you know what I mean? And that's when I, I suppose we started to 
defying myself, you know what I mean? Mm. So if you like listening to Spice Girls, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. <laughs> mind what the lads say. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be a big believer that, Mark. Yeah, yeah. it's good, yeah. good. Spice Girls, Britney Spears, Christina. Yeah. Uh, that. <laughs> oh, that was beautiful, Colm. Just, you know, you're a natural social worker. Like, I know it's a four-year course there, but like, you're, you're a natural people person. And uh, I hope that you continue to draw on that experience um everything that every podcast you do call them you kind of say at the end i hope you have a gentle day and it's kind of unusual why do you think gentleness is so important for our everyday lives man because just gentle to be gentle and kind to yourself you know what i mean because i think i think we have this very vicious perfectionism high achieving inner critic you know that no matter what we do it's not good enough but if you've done it it's it's exceptional and we can't we can't internalize that we can't be kind to ourselves you know we're always that inner critic that follows around and says what you're doing isn't good enough what you're wearing looks crap you know the way you look is ridiculous you know and we have this inner voice and to be able to kind of change be able to be kind to ourselves and gentler to ourselves you know talk to talk to yourself like you talk to a baby or treat yourself like you treat a puppy like you know what i mean and it's that thing that, like, I, I, I suffered from perfectionism for years, you know, and it stopped me from doing, like, creativity, even the podcast. It was terrified to put out the podcast because, geez, what people think. I know that bit's terrible. I sound like an age. I hate my voice, you know, and all this inner, inner critics that I had, like, you know what I mean? And, uh, and when I just leaned into that fear and done it anyway and, and learned to be more gentle with myself rather than listening to that inner voice, you know, it's that inner voice and I have to remember that it's only a voice, you know what I mean, not to give that voice the microphone, not to let that voice run the show, you know what I mean, and to lean into that fear and having courage isn't about not feeling fear or feeling self-doubt. Having courage is feeling fear and feeling self-doubt and doing it anyway. And the more that we expose ourselves to this fear or expose ourselves to whatever it is that's holding us back, the braver we get. And it's like a muscle. It's like an emotional muscle. The more like, you're terrified of getting into the sea and then you get in and you're like, oh, Jesus, oh. And it's like, oh, do you know, it's not that bad, actually. And you get out and then tomorrow, you're like, oh, no, I have the experience from today. I got in, I didn't die. It was uncomfortable, but I didn't die. So I'll use that experience to, tomorrow to say, look, I'll do it. I'll be okay. Because a lot of times we, when we're afraid, we can think our way out of stuff until we actually try it. So like, my thing is like, to be gentle with yourself, to be kind to yourself, and not listen to that inner critic, and not listen to that inner, inner I suppose, negative dialogue. And some days when we're feeling loud, that inner dialogue can be a lot louder, can be shouting at you. But I always try and give it, give him like a German accent, so I know when, when he's only the critic, and not, nothing against the Germans, they're, they're a nice bunch of people, but, you know, just not to, you know, every time I, I listen to that, you know, I'll be the type of lad to go out and score a hat-trick. And I beat myself up over one shot to hit the post, like, you know what I mean? Or if we've done this amazing thing, I'll be whipping myself off a minuscule little thing, like, you know what I mean? And uh, if other people don't, I'd be, like, I'd, be, like, I'd be overwhelmed with amazement. Like, well, well done. But to, to go inward and start to praise yourself and start to be our own cheerleader, cheerleader, that's the hardest thing, man. That's, that's the journey. I was on my whole life. I went on this big mad journey trying to get everyone else to like, trying to get everyone else to approve me. Please, God, just accept me and approve me and validate me. I'll do anything you want. Just fucking like me. You know what I mean? And now I'm on this journey now where I'm just coming to like myself. I'm going from here to here, making that journey from my head 
to me hurt, you know what I mean? Where I don't need to make sure you like me. It's about me trying to like myself and when people will come to appreciate you as you're on that journey, you know what I mean? People actually like you more if you like yourself more. If you're trying too hard to get other people's approval, you won't get it. Then when you actually start to like yourself more, people will like you because you like yourself and that, that reflects outwards. Yeah, 100%, man. Like, and what people, you don't know the amount of people that are admiring people that are doing the brave things. Like, lads are looking at you guys with envy going, well, look at them lads. Like, just doing their thing, getting up, doing a podcast, you know what I mean? Having the crack, having the laugh, seeing the fun side of life. And you don't know the amount of people you're inspiring just by doing you, just by doing your thing. And I say when you first started this podcast, just parties going out here, will we? Maybe not, you know, and all that yeah. self-doubt. But you overcame and done it anyway. And now people are looking at you boys like going well and like being inspired. And a lot of people won't open up and tell you that to your face. But I, I guarantee there's so many people that are inspired by what you're doing. Like, you know what I mean? Thank you very much, Colin. Um, I can't help but think that that's a beautiful um, link then to what you do every day. So you open up like a flower after your post run with this positive message and you just like it's kind of like the other side to the gentleness for me anyway Colin because there's a sort of conviction about you when you've done your run you've gone through that that whatever it is 5k 10k and you're just laying it out straight to people like you know how how it's to be how you're meant to you know just just be embrace yourself and be positive you know so what what do you think what I'm trying to get at is other people have that runner's high and they just keep it to yourselves. But you you go on Instagram uh, straight away on your story and you just share a little simple message to, to for someone to help them on their day. Why is that? Because when, when I run, I just, I, like when I, you'll talk, like you talk to anyone that's creative, everyone's creative, you know, and you talk to people that I suppose make a living out of creativity and they're always talking about like where does their creative flow come from? Where do they get their best ideas? Where does it happen? For me, it's when I'm running. You know, when I'm running, I'm just in this flow state. Running for me is like my therapy. It's like my medicine. And when I get in, suppose, after the first kilometer, I just get into this flow state and have all these mad thoughts and philosophies just going through my head. Like, you know what I mean? And my thing is that, like, you putting your creativity out there. Like, again, with you guys starting this podcast, when you get all this creativity and you're keeping it to yourself, you know, it's really selfish. You, know, you don't know how many people you might help just by putting your message out. And a lot of times, the only thing to stop people from putting their creativity out is their own inner critic and their own self-doubt. You know what I mean? So if you were to put out a positive message that might improve someone's day today and, and might have a tiny ripple effect on the world, isn't that, isn't that a phenomenon? Isn't that incredible that you can use something that your own creativity to put maybe possibly improve, you know, the standard of someone's day or improve someone's mood or give someone a little bit of inspiration. Like, you know what I mean? And that was my thing with creativity. You know what I mean? That I was terrified to put out my creativity because I was terrified it wouldn't be good enough or I was terrified it was it would be rejected. You know, but being able to put out a message, what why that comes to me while I run and then if someone takes it happy days and if not at least i leaned into that fear oh geez i'm afraid to put out a positive message of course what would people think then being able to lean into that and do it anyway and then hopefully someone will get a bit of inspiration out or get something out of it like you know yeah i'm sure you feel healthier as well after expressing yourself because it can be like if you someone is creative and they're not expressing it, it can be like something blocked do you know what i mean and it's trying to get out and they get at least the frustration and like sickness and 
you know, I, I know, like, say when we do stuff for, like, I may put a stupid thing on Instagram, whatever, I know that I got that out of my system, and if it makes someone laugh, it makes me feel better, you know? And I, I just, that's basically, I think, what you would get. Like, you know, after you run, if you put that out, you feel better, because you've had a positive impact on the world, rather than keeping it to yourself. Yeah, 100%. And that's the thing, man. We're all, we're all everyone's creative. Like, every single person's creative. Like, you know what I mean? It's And it's just about, I suppose, not being afraid to put out your creativity. Whatever it may be, it might be poetry, might be comedy, you know, it might even be like bacon, it might be, you know, what whatever you, whatever creativity you can think of, whatever it's something you can do that elicits either either a feeling in you or a feeling in other people. And I think the words with the problem with vocabulary and, and language is that it's very limited. And when we try and pour our feelings into words. It's like putting our feelings into a prison because we can't fully articulate and express what we mean when we're trying to express our feelings. But I find the best way for me sometimes to express my feelings is through creativity, whatever it may be, you know. And the best teachers out there speaking our words, be it the 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 nature, you know, the sea, the forests, you know what I mean? We can learn so much from them, like you know what I mean, without speaking any words at all. And um yeah, what it would, so being able to kind of express your creativity is it's just so, just so, just so a great relief in that, you know what I mean? When you put it out there and uh, it feels great, it feels great for you to put it out, and then if someone can, that connects with someone and elicits some sort of reaction, and that, that's what art is. Art is something that you look at and it elicits an emotion within you, a feeling within you, and it could be anything at all. But that's exactly what art is. And if you look at any song, if you look at any, um, poem if you look at any picture you know that all started in someone's head and imagine if every song like what what like if you were to listen to your favorite uh, spice girls album you know well like what i'm trying to say or, or, or like any great album like imagine that went in someone's head imagine say bono or kurt cobain or Jimi hendrix or whoever who were, who were great people that wrote songs imagine if they just got they got taught to write the song and they were like oh no i'm, I'm Jeez, oh, the lads are thinking we're easy if we wrote that song. No, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> Forget about it. And they never wrote it and it never happened. And then we'd be left here, which is what we listen to now. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying with creativity. If you if something comes to you, put it out there because it may be the next best thing. Look, you know what I mean? And like never be afraid to, you know, back yourself up and endorse yourself or believe in yourself. You know, put it out there. Because what because there's many times we put stuff out there and it's gone out and I delete it. And then a month or two down the line, why did I do it? I should you know what I mean? Whereas you kind of if you were to look back at yourself and say at the time, what was he freaking out about? What's that all about? You know, but when you had it like just doing what you wanted to do, you'd feel great for it, like you know what I mean? Because when you're when you're like eight years of age and you're reflecting on your life, you're not gonna be like you're gonna be proud of yourself all the times you lean into fear. You're not gonna be saying, I can't I'm delighted I I I fucking, you know, I submitted to fear and I didn't do that thing and I, I stayed in a little box of of comfort and I never done any exploring or anything exciting, you know what I mean? But if you look back and say, yeah, I stepped outside of that comfort zone, you know, I, I done things that made me feel alive and I, I, I potentially benefited other people, you feel so much better for that. Like, and it's like that I was saying, you know, there's no growth in the comfort zone and, and there's no comfort in the growth zone. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm starting an OnlyFans. You've convinced me, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, man. Do it. <laughs> we actually did. We started a paper Tuesday. It's only fans. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. No, we haven't got any content yet, though. But no. It was more of a PR stunt. Maybe we'd be more creative with Mall of Mondays. I can see that getting more. Yeah. A PR. What's it called? 
artistic. Or rated. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We do cola bloods. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And well, so what um what what was the background? How did you are you lads mates from school or how did you just come together? Yeah, yeah, we were friends in school, we were playing um under 14 hurling with the school, was it? And um, both yeah. of us were useless. So we were put into the corner and we just marked each other and we talked while everyone else played hurling. So that was sort of how that friendship came about. Uh, the, yeah, that's like me, my, my mate. Two of us, my friends, was being on the subs bench all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we bonded. <laughs> you've kind of changed sports in the last year. Like, you've gone big into running now, whereas previously you would have been boxing. Would that be yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I boxed for years. So I played for a bit of football when I was younger. And I just, I just loved boxing. And then, um, yeah, I was getting mad into the boxing. Then with the, the, I actually I got into boxing. Then I was doing Muay Thai as well. And I went, well, actually, one of the reasons I went to Thailand was to, to do a Muay Thai camp. So I went over there, I was doing a Muay Thai camp and potentially doing a competition. And I was about three weeks into this camp. And uh, I got back in the hostel. I got talking to this dude who was doing a, it was doing like a Buddhism and a mindful meditation, silent retreat thing. And sorry, just someone trying to ring me there. And he and um, yeah, so and I was like, yeah, that, that, like he said, he's telling me all about it. So I went there. He said, you want to come and try it? So I went over to this place room and trying it and had a chat with this monk. It was just really cool. Like it was like a coolest monk I ever met in my life. <laughs> and uh, I ended up doing this, uh, doing the part of this course, and I actually ended up dropping out of the Muay Thai camp then, and just going on this big mindfulness and bu- bu- Buddhism journey, like you know what I mean. And and then yeah, so I went around Thailand doing that, and then when I got home, the lockdown, obviously with the lockdown, a lot of the camps, a lot of like clubs and all were closed. So I got a knack for running, and in March I, got, I went for a five k, and I think I got like twenty eight minutes because everyone was like posting these ridiculous times up. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, you know, my ma got like 15 minutes or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. But, uh, <laughs> and uh, and it, it was mad. Like, so I just started running, man. And then, like, I'm an addictive personality where I just get, if I get a goal, I just get this tunnel vision where I'm like, so I started getting running and I just, just got a mad buzz for it. And I just, I loved that flow state that I was talking about. And I just got mad into chasing that flow state. And, um, and yeah, the, and and that was, and then I just got mad for that, and then you know doing a marathon, then I raised you Bob for a PA the house, and uh, doing a marathon, and uh, yeah, just helping this someone out to do an errand, man. But yeah, it's like anything, man. Like I always have an open mind because I, I never thought I'd be into running. Like that running's boring. Like, you just keep running. Like do you stop? You just run for five k. Do you stop or do you just keep going? You know what I mean? Like, and then when you actually try something, you're like, oh, this is actually dead. I actually like it. So yeah, that's my thing. It's always have an open mind and always, uh, always try something like you know what I mean. So yeah, I got man into running, the swimming, and uh, doing a lot of cycling now as well. So yeah, it's going good. Unreal, genius. Um, yeah. With the podcast column, like the sober mess, I love the title because it's kind of like you embrace both sides of it. You embrace the sobriety, but you also embrace the mess of our emotions as well. Would that yeah. be fair, like? Yeah, hundred percent. Like, cause I, like, yeah, when I, cause I thought like put down the drink life would all be easy sailing, like you know. But you realize you drank for a reason, you know what I mean? In the first place, like, why did you? Why did I need to drink the way I drank? You know what I mean? And it was just a sense of, uh, you know, not being comfortable with who you are 
and needing something on the outside of yourself, so some sort of drink or a social lubricant to give you confidence or give you, you know, this easy goingness or numbness or a sense of relief from your, your inner thoughts, your emotion. And and then when you put it down, you think oh, it's gonna be all easy sailing, but it's not it's like there's no there's no smoke without fire, like, you know what I mean? And uh, I suppose for me is my journey when with sobriety was still doing that work on myself and realizing that I'm still a mess. You know, I went from a drunken mess to a sober mess, but uh, being able to kind of just be laugh at yourself and not take yourself too serious. Because I think that's, it's an Irish superpower is to find the sense of humor in the most dire situations. You know what I mean? That even my family, like my family, I came from a big family, you know, with seven siblings and uh, our way of bonding and communicating was always really pissed out of each other. Like, that's how, you know, someone really loves you. Is like, they slag you a lot. Like, you know what I mean? And uh, I found that being able to come and look at myself through that lens, not to be able to take myself too serious, not being a, not taking life too serious. And always to find the, the humour. Like, in the greatest response to a crisis is to find the joke in the first of all. Like, you know what I mean? Then go looking for the solution. If you have the ability to laugh at yourself and have a sense of humour, Life gets a whole lot easier. Mm. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. with the with the podcast and everything, you've been big into goals. Like, I mean, you had Pat Dively on the podcast, and maybe I'm sure in the next few weeks you'll have Russell Brand with the vision board and all that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, like you're big into goals with the podcast. Like, so what? What and mindset and you know law of attraction and everything. Like, wh- how would you um? How would you describe that affinity towards those, uh, you know, tools for improving yeah. ourselves? Like, first of all, Russell Brown's trying to get me on his podcast. <laughs> 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 uh, no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, man, see, the things with goals are, what I realised, this is going to sound crazy, but one of the most depressing times of my life I, I found was after I achieved the goal of chasing for a long time because I got this mad anti-climax because... I got really obsessed with the goal because again I had to I had to I suppose look at my motives for this goal. What what why am I trying to do? And what I found out was I was doing it from a place of low self-esteem. I thought I got this marathon, I got this really fast five k PB or whatever it was. That then I I'd feel a sense of worthiness and I'd feel good enough. And uh, I didn't know at the time that's why I was doing it, but that's exactly what I was doing. It. And uh, you know, and then chased, and then I remember getting home and feeling great, and the buzz and the crack, and then just kind of being like, oh, I still kind of, I still kind of feel the same, and I had to reevaluate why I was doing a lot of these goals and why, why was it? I had to learn that as my default state, I am good enough as I am. You know, because I, from a very young age, developed this really low baseline negative opinion of myself, and I spent then most of my life trying to disprove this opinion of myself. If I become someone and if I do something or if I achieve someone, then I'll become worthy or likable, you know what I mean? Without realising you are likable and good enough in your default state, you know what I mean? As Exactly as you are, you know? And when I was able to re-evaluate that, re-evaluate that my, I started to enjoy running and my goals a lot more. And see, the thing is, like the goal isn't, the important bit, the goal, the journey. It's the goal. The goal just motivates you. It's the journey that's the best. Like if you went on a lads' holiday, a lot of the time the lads' holiday, the best crack 
is the, the, the journey. You've probably got away, gone away playing the game matches with the hurling. But now the crack you used to have on the bus on the way down to playing the away matches. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was the journey that was usually the best bit of it. And that's what I found. Well, like, what's worse than getting every goal you want? Sorry, never getting any goal you want. What's worse is that you get every single goal that you want. Imagine all you have a genie here and you're like, yeah, I want that 5K PB, I want that promotion, I want that girlfriend, I want that car, that bank account, you know, everything. There you go, there you go, there you go. You don't even have to get out of bed. Yeah, everything you want, you know. And then, then our purpose and our sense of meaning and our endeavour and our drive is gone. You've no reason to get out of bed. You know what I mean? So it's not about always getting all the goal. It's just it's that old um, story, this guy's playing a... Uh, Russian, not Russian roulette. What's the one where you drop the, you pick a number and uh, roulette, isn't it? And then, roulette, yeah. Yeah, and this guy's playing roulette and then he, he said every number he picks that it falls on the thing on the, with the one that he wants, he wins every single time. And when he first starts happening, he goes, wow, this is a gift. But then after a while, he realizes it's a curse. You know what I mean? That every time he gets it, like that sense of drive and excitement is gone. You know what I mean? So, and that can be the same with our goals. Like, we're getting every goal we want. So, it's important to establish that goals aren't the, the big thing. It's it's the journey on the way to. And people, like, you see boxers jumping in that ring or people in the Olympics going running. You know, you only see the end product. You did not see the the whole process of that. You know, you like, the boxers, like, you're going, you're going for months in the camp to condition, to peak. At that for that three or four day period, you're a month like for months and months and months and months. You're on this camp to peak for three or four days for this fight. You know what I mean? And a lot of people don't see like the hard work that goes into the goal. So the most important thing about the goal is it doesn't matter if you smash it or not, if you get it or not. It was the motivation that that goal brought you. It was the sense of purpose. It was the sense of meaning and it was the endeavor and the drive that you had. So I think goals are important to, to drive us on, but it's not, it doesn't matter if you achieve it or not. You know what I mean? It's the it's the journey on the way that's the fun bit. You know what I mean? That's that's the best bit. It's just having them there in the in, there in the distance, whether we get them or not, it doesn't really matter. It's what gets us out of bed, what does want wants us to achieve. Yeah, I want I want to start my own podcast paper Tuesdays or I want to start sober mess, I want to do these things. But we have the and if we do them, great, you know what I mean? But it's the fact that we can believe in ourselves to say, Yeah, oh yeah, I'm worthy enough to go chase this goal. Oh yeah, I'm good enough to smash this thing. Oh, I do believe in myself enough that I can achieve this. And when you do write it down on paper, man, like the the, the universe never sets us up to fail you know what I mean and I'm a big believer in like the law of attraction you know and affirming what I want that if I put in my head what I want and I'm going to tell myself I'll get it I'll get it I'll keep affirming that and the universe will deliver that to my doorstep be it a, be it a run be it a fucking you know be it anything at all anything at all if I keep believing myself enough man and manifesting all that goodness into my life, you know, it will come in, like, you know what I mean? So it's about staying positive, staying driven, and it not, and just keep believing in yourself, like, you know? You've said before about the importance of taking action, and you had a very good podcast as well, kind of linked to how, you know, what drives us, like, describing the power of pain. Um, how has pain uh, impelled you to do stuff in your life? Yeah, but when you're going through pain, it's not nice, you know. It's like that old saying, this too shall pass. Like sometimes it passes like a kidney stone, but it always passes. And then um, 
when I look back at my relationship with pain, like, you know, pain was one of the biggest catalysts for motivation in my life. You know, for all the triumphs, the time we went traveling, um, you know, the time I left my job, I changed your career, started a podcast, got sober, you know, all these big triumphs in my life came from a place of pain. You know, that was the catalyst, you know what I mean? That pain is a big motivator for human beings. And people don't realize that. I don't think... Um, People know that the how beneficial pain is for us. Like it is, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a painful. It can feel like a painful inconvenience. But like if you even look at evolution, you know, evolution, for example, when uh, we were all starting off in Africa, like what motivated us to go explore and what Jesus, what's up in Tarsica, like, what's over here, what's over there? It was because we were hungry, it's because we were painful, because we were so uncomfortable in where we were that we wanted to change. And that was the same with my addictions, man, and my mindset and my my mood is that I got so when the pain of staying the same gets worse than the fear to change that's when we change you know what I mean and if you can use to utilize pain to motivate you to change to go somewhere that you want to go like you know what I mean pain like like every breakdown and break up I've ever been through led to a breakthrough you know what I mean I had a breakthrough from pain like you know what I mean so being able to you like if you're going through hard times you know there's something incredible is going to happen like it's going to trudge you on to do something incredible like you know what i mean like if it's like imagine you go away on holidays and you're walking across the sand you know why that sand is so hot that you can't just stand on it it's just going to burn the feet off it you're either going to run to the sea or you're going to run to the shade but either way that pain is so bad that you're going to move and that's what's like with emotional pain that we get somewhere that we're not comfortable with and it motivates us and we can use it to utilize it you know what i mean we can use it to make make us better people or to motivate us you know what i mean and it's such an incredible motivator pain can be an incredible motivator and it's, it's like that thing it can be it can be a, it can be an it could be a terrible master or a great slave. And it's about how we can utilize it. We utilize it in the wrong way and let it build up and avoid it and suppress it and not embrace it. You know, eventually that's going to manifest in like panic attacks or depression or, over, or, or anger, or, you know what I mean? Or follow us around, but if we can utilize it and say, right, what, where is this pain coming from? You know, am we, what am we, like, am we connecting to my, because like, our inner morals and inner kind of compasses and inner values are always talking to us. And if we can use this pain, I suppose, to say, what am we doing that I shouldn't be doing and what am I not doing that I should be doing you know what I mean I mean we can utilize this pain to say right what can I do to get out of this and that look pain man it's a universal and inevitable part of being a human being you know we're just going through the emotional spectrum of being a human it's the full human experience like you know what I mean and nothing lasts you know nothing everything is in moments the highs the lows you know the tide comes in the tide goes out there's a summer there's a winter the hottest summer days and the colder winter nights always pass you know Tupac says to every dark night comes a brighter day you know so it's about now number one how can you utilize this pain to put you in a better position the way you are now? And number two, know that that pain isn't permanent. Know that where you're at in life isn't isn't like a full stop. It's merely just a comment and it will pass, you know? Yeah. It's kind of linked to that analogy. I was I loved it. The strawberry one. Will you tell us that one, Colin? It's like Shanukle. It's like having a smash <laughs> a Shanaki in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
is 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 that the one with the the mouse and the lion? Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, the so the strawberry one man is like it's always looking for stuff to be grateful for, you know. Like does this does this mouse get chased by a lion and the mouse is um you know he comes to a cliff edge and he sees the lion behind him and he has to jump, he has no choice and he jumps and he grabs onto this vine and he's sitting there, you know, just swinging along and uh, he sees the the line up above, you know, scratching away at the vine, and he's like, "Oh no!" And he looks down, he sees all these crocodiles underneath him, you know, and he's like, "Here, I'm, I'm, I'm goose, like, you know what I mean? What are we gonna do?" And then he looks to the left, and right beside him is this big, massive strawberry, you know, just hanging right beside him on this vine, and you know, he reaches over, he takes this big bite of it, and he's just lost in the moment, you know, the pure beauty and taste of this strawberry, you know, it's absolutely phenomenal, it's incredible. You know what I mean? Just loves it. So the, the moral of that is that no matter what's going on, there's always a strawberry in every situation. Like, you know what I mean? To always look for the look for this, look for the good, look for the strawberry in every single situation. That's like what we were talking about with the, you know, with the, you know, always having the sense of humor. It's always find the strawberry. There's always a silver lining. There's always a purpose in everything. You know what I mean? And that if you were to look back to you know, all your painful moments. After you get through that stuff, you'll be looking back at, well, wow, look at the stuff I've done. That, that was actually, I've learned, like you learn more from your rock bottoms about you, your character, you what you're capable of, than you do hitting them mountaintops. You know, if, if you were, look, if you were constantly ripped with pleasure and peace and serenity, we, we probably wouldn't get out of bed. You know what I mean? Imagine if all your needs were always met, whatever you happen to do it, and you were always satisfied, your hunger, your thirst, uh, your dopamine hits, your sexual, you know, everything is just catered for. You never need to do anything. We have no reason to get out of bed or socialize or do anything. You know what I mean? But these cravings and pains and emotions are there to keep us going. They're all, if you want to look at it from a primal perspective, an evolutionary perspective, like everything we do is, is, I suppose, for us to function as cavemen. You know what I mean? At one point, that, you know, everything's there, that uncomfortable feeling we get. That we don't that we don't really like to sit with that's prime that's why it's there so we, it motivates us to keep going and you know to I suppose to yeah to thrive as a species like you know but um yeah so my thing is always always look for something to be grateful for there's always a silver lining and everything you know what I mean and if you were to look back at your most painful moments there's just, just great triumphs that come from them like you know what I mean and it's just to know that look number one it's not permanent it will always pass and number two just great stuff gonna come from it yeah you know well lads oh, I'm, heading, I'm heading up to glen the lock and uh, lads are trying to ring me like mad here oh <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually enjoy russell your brand. name it's russell brand and joe rogan they're saying yeah call him <laughs> hyper tuesdays i'm all on mondays that's where i'm at yeah <laughs> <laughs> Cheers for that column. Cheers, that column. That was brilliant. Yeah, thanks, lad. Enjoy your name. Good luck. Gurv Mahagut. August Fonta Road. Lok Daraja. August Paper Tuesdays. It's Mr. Mark August is Tussin Lee Hollow Dyer. Why? This is date Mark. Nice to meet me. I don't know, you look like uh, I'm a Quaker. Yes, 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 yes. I look very judgmental, don't I? There's a lot I going have to on call there. Call somebody an imbecile. <laughs> and nobody a bad eyelid.
<laughs> just for the benefit of our fine YouTubers, would you mind standing up, Mark? You look you, just to get the full picture. This is a fine jacket, I have to say. It is. This is yeah. Mick's Halpin. He wears this when he's being serious. Oh. <laughs> So you're going to leave this on, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, All right, okay. Well, we're okay. talking to Colm later, so I want to make a good impression. <laughs> Not Colm Tyrrell, a different Colm. I look like that uh, the female teacher from Harry Potter. Oh, no, um, the Miss McGonagall. All right. Miss McGonagall. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, well, we have an audition, don't we? Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Flem. I'm Flem the Frog. Now, why should I be on Paper Tuesdays? Well, listen, I'm absolutely gorgeous. All the women love me. And if I was on Paper Tuesdays, everybody in the world would be tuning in. Especially all the women. Because they're so beautiful. I'm better looking than Leonardo the Cappuccino, so I am. And also, look at Ryan Tuberty doing the Late Late Show. Ryan Tuberty's only a twig. I mean, I auditioned to the Late Late Show and I didn't get in. I don't know why. I don't know why they gave it to the Twig. It's absolutely terrible. So please, give me the job. Give me the job interviewing people. Because Mark Halpham and Michael Joyer are the only legends that are good at podcasting. Everybody else in the world is absolutely terrible at podcasting. So please, that's the reason why I should be on paper Tuesdays. I can't close my eyes because I've got ping pong balls. But anyway. And that was Flem the Frog. Um, what should we say about that? <laughs> yeah, Flem. So Flem got in contact with us. <laughs> looking to come on the podcast. And that was his audition. So please let us know. If you yeah. have any feedback. If you would like to keep Flem on. Yeah. On the podcast. We 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 have a budget for both, but look, it's either Flem the Frog or Flash Flood. We're we're not sure. We're weighing yeah. up the options. So. <laughs> we can only afford one. <laughs> I suppose I'll get a no. Um, actually, sorry, I, I'm just bowled over. Actually, no, we're not. We're going to Park Parish of the week for the mm. moment. Mark, mm. yesterday when I got home, mm. my father said a box arrived for you. A man just got out, and Michael Dwyer. <laughs> You you sent me a box of meat. <laughs> Why did you send me? Meat Mondays. Mala Mondays. Uh, that was an anniversary <laughs> gift for Paper Tuesdays. Robbie got one too. Um, there was an issue with Robbie's though. I was um, uh, putting a wardrobe together yesterday and I got a phone call from a man saying, Robbie, that air code isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> and I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> So then I had to get, while I was on the phone to your man, I had to get Orla Robbie's girl, girlfriend on the phone to get the proper air code, but she like she couldn't get it in time. So I just got him to leave it at the, the petrol station there on the Wells House Road. So she went and got it then. I think she's given it to Robbie at this stage. I haven't heard back. But yeah, I, I said You're so said, generous. Yeah. Thank you so much. No vegan options. Uh, <laughs> only as bacon, but... <laughs> There you are. Yeah. So that's this is the sort of weekend we're having here yeah, for the market. Is all go? It's all go. It's no all go. <laughs> uh, I heard someone describe something as malodin yesterday. And it was the best thing I've ever heard. Roger, that's absolute malod. <laughs> that reminds me of the word wages. I wages, like wages. Wages, yeah. woeful and Jesus, is it? Uh, no, I don't know. Mm. It's a Dublin word. We should have asked. We should have asked Colin. Yeah, wages. Wages. Like yeah. Uh, mm. Wow. And prams, Mark, that was the other thing about oh, this yeah. random sort of... <laughs> I shut my hands. <laughs>
<laughs> so Mark, we are now fans of uh, free to a home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm broken. I Free to a good home and glory, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so um you tagged me in it as the next person. The woman was looking for a pram to give, and for some reason she asked, who's next? Like in case the first person doesn't take it. And you you instantly tagged me. And then the woman replied, saying thank you. And then what I couldn't believe then was that I had a friend request from this woman. So I was very close to getting this pram. I was top the list for getting the pram. So, um, oh, yeah, I'll take the meat, but I'm all right for prams at the moment. So. Well, you never know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> I suppose now that we've dusted off a few um, cobwebs. A of, housekeeping. Yeah. <laughs> we could do Parish of the Week, guys. And this, <laughs> and this is, we're going all the way to America. And this is about um, uh, Parish of the Week there, Little Haiti in Miami. Because there's a woman there and her name is... Uh, Durham Mice Maru, hmm. I'm sure I pronounced that right, is in charge of uh, the kitchen and they cook, every night they cook eight 40 pound cases of turkey, chicken and pork and they do their best to feed the community. Um, so whatever she gets, she says she gives to people and um, yeah, she's just doing everything she can. She works as a school, uh, works in a school as a cleaner or something. And then that night, she's man in the kitchen. And uh, yeah, school janitor is what she works as. And she's um, making sure that there are now a thousand meals cooked every week. And it's quite the story. I loved it anyway. So fair play to them. Fair play. Where is it? Miami. Miami. Ah, yes. It wasn't an Irish story to love this one. Oh, no. Sorry. Apologies. No, no. That was yeah. me. You probably said that. I just oh, sure yeah. admiring myself. <laughs> um, yeah. People, I was thinking about this sort of yesterday, actually. Oh, right. like, there's a lot of people that do really hard jobs in there. Yeah. Like um, people who work in hospitals, nurses, doctors, mm. um, fucking firemen, uh, yeah. police officers. Like we have, I, well, I, I have it very easy in terms that like of the things that I do, I don't have to do a lot of very hard things, but like I, I see them as hard in my own little fucking bubble. Like, so. Yeah. The big thing I heard of someone that's on going through a tough surgery at the moment, and like mm. the surgeon, like this, so yeah, much yeah. in their hands. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. And it's disgusting as well. Yeah. Guts and blood and shit. And like, <laughs> No way could I do that. You have, to be, see, like, you have to be a very strong person, don't you? Yeah, you have to be strong for that. But I think you also have to be strong for your side. Like, imagine if you're skilled in, you know, knowing the brain from the head or whatever, I don't know. And you also have to have the humanity to then say, look, your chances of living here are, you oh, know. Great. Yeah, breaking bad news to people. And you do that every day for your whole yeah. life. But someone has to do it as a thing. Yeah. Do you know, they has yeah. to be done. Mm. And they're definitely not doing it for money, like either. Do you think we all have a vocation, or like? I think so. You have to be a certain type of person to be a doctor, or don't you? Mm. Well, well, are you asking like, are we all born to meant to be do meant to do something like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose it takes a certain kind of person to be a nurse Mm. or a midwife. Yeah, very true. I couldn't do it. I'm definitely not that kind of person. I wouldn't be able to be a nurse. Really? No way. Nope. I'm too self-centered. (laughs) 
No, I wouldn't. So, I wouldn't be able for it. No way. And what do you think of the idea? You know, Naval Ravikant has this thing that he's confident that if he was plopped down into a country with no resources, or whatever, within mm. six months, he he have be wealthy. Yeah. I probably would. Yeah, he probably. But would you? Would I yeah. be wealthy? Yeah. What would probably you do? Not. Um. Well, if yeah, I you've already proven your resources. I think you've no no farming background. You went over to Australia and you milked those goddamn cows. I did. Yeah. No, yeah, resourcefulness is is resourcefulness a skill in itself? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's interesting, all right. Um we've we've a few good ones here actually. Um you were actually Naval's tweet storm, you were going to talk about that. Naval's tweet storm, yeah. Actually I might read it out because oh, right. you've read it before, have you? Yeah, well, he's had a few, like, well, like he's morphing as well. He's doing these Instagram ones that uh, reflect his initial tweets. So it's yeah. a brilliant, it's a brilliant way to get your message across as well, isn't it? This is uh, the tweet storm, the original one that sort of turned me on to him. And it was, oh, oh right. shit, I've lost it. If, can you go to Google on your phone now? Yeah. I can't get onto Twitter anymore because it's asking me to change my password because of detected unusual activity on my account. And I don't want to use Twitter, so to restore my account either interesting so how to get this... rich without getting lucky yeah so and people might not have read this so they might be listening and you know it might be useful for them so i just read out a few of them probably not all of them because there's a good few how to get rich without getting lucky seek wealth not money or status wealth is having assets to earn while you sleep money is how we transfer time and wealth status is your place in a social hierarchy understand ethical wealth creation is possible if you secretly despise wealth it will elude you Ignore people playing status games. They gain status by attacking people playing wealth creation games. This is my favorite one. You're not going to get rich renting out your time. You must own equity, mm. a piece of a business to gain your financial freedom. Yeah. That actually sounds like a poem in itself, yeah. but it's really good advice. And it's one that uh, sort of changed the way I looked at how I make money because it's, it's like people think it's, oh, that's for rich people. Or whatever. It's really not. You can create systems that bring in income that don't actually require work. Yeah. They require um, monitoring. They don't require your time and renting out your time because he spoke i'll get off that for a minute second so no. what he spoke about before you know i think it was a different a separate podcast or whatever so um even if you're a doctor even if you're a nurse even if you're a high-paid engineer you're only earning for the hours you're in work so you're when you retire you're not earning when you're in bed you're not earning when you're on your lunch break you're not earning whereas if you can create systems and uh, forms of leverage that can bring in income while you work, or sorry, while you sleep uh, and while you retire, then you can retire early. You're essentially just bringing in money. You're creating systems and uh, formulas to bring in money instead of renting out your time. Mm. Yeah. So if that Naval tweet storm, there's loads more tweets uh, in that. I just wanted to put it on this just in case anyone listening to this podcast hadn't come across it before because I've gone big into his stuff lately again. But uh, that's sort of the foundation of what he's all about is that tweet thread. Yeah. At the moment, he's big into maths and science. Um, do you have you're, you've seen those emails that he's mm, sending out? The yeah. coding ones he's big into. Oh, right. the coding stuff. Oh, no, I don't have his emails. I don't get the emails. All oh, right. You better. I better get on that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. When you have the time, do you have do you have internet with this? <laughs> no, no, we don't have internet. So, uh, I have you a write the Val a letter. <laughs> <laughs> write him a letter. I'll get my owl. <laughs> oh dear. Um, what else have we got here? Astrology, Mark. Astrology. I got into astrology during the week. Oh really? I'm a triple Leo. Oh, so that's. What... <laughs> I'm a triple Leo, and apparently it's very rare. 
and it basically means I'm essentially uh, hugely egotistical. Apparently, uh, I'll write. Every... No, I can't because I looked it up, and what I, that what I found was that thing that I said to you. <laughs> Sorry, you found that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it was um, quite the mouthful. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, Robbie. Oh, here it is. Yeah, she's a trip. Oh, yeah. Do you want to take me? Yes. <laughs> I, so I have a friend that I kept at arm's length, but only because I've recently learned I've had to. She is a triple Leo and her son conjunct with her moon with a late Leo ascendant. Oh, genius. She doesn't come across too strong because this conjunction is squarely in her 12th house. However... <laughs> Which house are you property in? Ladder. <laughs> house. However, her sun and moon square Pluto in the third house, a true blue Scorpio Pluto. <laughs> Moreover, her sun and moon are in conjunct to a Capricorn Mars in brackets located in the fifth house, of course. She has no air signs in her chart except a Gemini Chiron with very little focus in the air houses as well. Pluto alone. This is a problem for me because even though I have no air signs, Chiron in a Gemini, I have a strong focus on air sign <laughs> houses. Saturn slash chart ruler in the 11th house. North code on the third. Sun and Mercury in the seventh house. She and I argue a lot. I constantly feel like she is controlling me, though I can never quite pinpoint it. Uh, she mopes a lot. And even me with my stelium of Capricorn planets. How much property does this lady own? <laughs> Can't take it. I always have to like remind her and say remind her to say goodbye to me or like be considerate of my personal space and not interrupt me. She also puts me down a lot. The weird thing is that she has a Mercury sextile Venus, Cancer and Virgo, respectively. You think she wouldn't be reminded to considerate, to be considerate, or at least polite. I'm not sure what to do. I know I could really dig into her Mercury square Pluto in brackets, whatever that means. And I definitely have sat her down and been really strong with her. Not always easy for me, a seventh house Cancer. Any thoughts on how to tackle this? I want to be friends with her, but I want her to be considerate of me. How does one go through to how does one get through to the strong Leo type? She uh this that so but like what's going on there? Like she, there's a friendship, but there's also this uh, obsession driven with looking at the astrology. Like I wonder how she balances both of those uh, aspects there. Um I asked um my spiritual guide this and I was told that this is just somebody who doesn't like her friend and is using astrology as an excuse to bitch about her online ah, interesting yeah yeah so it doesn't matter what houses you have it's about the person yeah there's no getting through to Leo's yeah. you know well you had that strong Sagittarius energy last week <laughs> and I must say it was overpowering <laughs> wow this is brilliant this is brilliant they say, isn't it? Maybe we mentioned before that, um, uh, what do you call him? The big lad, well, he's probably not that big. He's an artist, Picasso. Oh, yes. Didn't he say that, uh, you know, you're never never meant to repeat what you've done in the past? But do you know, today, Mark, we're not repeating anything. Hell no. Hell no. Fuck it up. <laughs> Into the skip with the old Mercury is in its new sun. Huzzah. <laughs> All right. Yup, kombucha, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> Aliens, yeah. Why are we got? 
are they there? Joe Rogan oh, is I'm getting quite close to them. Mm, it's like trees of onion with the storm. They're there, like, you know. <laughs> don't watch out for the fake aliens. Joe, no. Joe, no. Oh, no, yeah. no. Joe, tell you. Joe, no. Good evening. Welcome to Live Line. Today we have Zoom from Planet Alien. <laughs> Zoom, go on. Tell us, tell us what's happening. Jonathan was talking about Go yesterday on the radio. Go? You know the Chinese game of Go? It's like chess. Oh. It's a Chinese game of chess. Apparently it's the most played board game in the world. Right. And there's more possible moves on that chessboard than there are atoms in the universe. What? Wow. Why was Joe talking about uh-huh. He wants to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what else Joe was talking about this oh. week? I saw this on Twitter. Uh, he had this cyclist um, who was pushed off his bike when he was cycling in the Dublin mountains. Bastard. Yeah, no, I know. I heard about this. You heard about it? <laughs> I was infuriated. <laughs> What I love now, this is peak John Duffy. So he was, they had him on one day, and then the next day, they had managed to find Snapchat footage of the car, the young people in the car pushing him over. So then they could get the reaction of the cyclist seeing him fall over. It was a spectacular fall. They posted it online themselves. Didn't yeah, they? yeah. They did. Idiots. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was super. <laughs> How many stances do you have here? This is, this is disappointment. Yeah, this is disappointment. Yeah. What about what, and then what is this? Just <laughs> this elegance. Is, yeah, yeah, this is intelligence. Intelligence, yeah. Mm, Sophisticated. Yeah. Decorum. Decorum. There was a big ha- house on ba- houses on backwards. <laughs> My eleventh house. Uh, there was a big. This is my detective hat now. There was a big house on fire down the road the last <laughs> night or the night before last. Yeah. There actually was, and they're looking for the people now, and I'm gonna fucking get you. <laughs> Apparently there were three youths seen walking away from the scene of the, the house. Youths. Yeah, whenever they're young people are doing something bad, they're youths. Yeah, youths are bastards. Yeah. Except Wexford youths. <laughs> <laughs> right, we actually have Mick Wallace on the podcast next week. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was... Um... And that was Daniel O'Donnell next week. Oh, yeah, DOD. Mm. You shared something from him last night. Yeah, did yeah. you watch it? I didn't get to watch it because I, I didn't get to, I wasn't able to play sound at the time, but I may. I oh, you know may, you may. Or even, oh, I, I didn't brilliant. know Nostril Source was still going. Nostril, Nostril oh, Shorts. if anything, he's leaning into this pandemic and he's getting better with the video and everything. Like, oh, it's very good. Mm. It's If he did, um, what's that sim shit? Or you did it on the counter. It wasn't me. Oh, it wasn't me. Yeah. Yeah, me. yeah. But he did it. It wasn't me. So it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's very. So it wasn't. So it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, of its time, Mark, this is mm. just a random one. This is a good time, actually, because it feels like you're coming from a different century. Mark. <laughs> so um, I I was talking in, I was talking with Ashton's girlfriend's family and we were talking about the ban, you know, the ban with the GA when you couldn't play any other sports, just GA. Mm. So I, they were asking me my opinion. I kind of said, ah, sure, look, it was of its time, sure. And then I thought, well, Michael, if you approach that to everything in history mm. and you say it's of its time, mm. I don't think that's right or fair. So ha- where's the line between judgment and because you can't say the Holocaust because it wasn't of its time. Mm. So mm. where's the line between the GA with a real stubborn regret, um, lack of forgive, you know, with a hurt, with a hurt that that's how I describe anyway. Put the ban on other sports because you know all oh, those other sports weren't mean to mm. us and we need our sports. 
mm. versus you know mm. like how where where do we draw this because i'm definitely not going to i'm going to try and avoid this of its time analogy because it could get you out of absolutely anything. yeah it is a cop out isn't it mm. of its time it's sure like the GA is very strange, isn't it? Like, I don't think any organization has as much of a hold on its culture in a country as GA has here, you know? Like the NFL, but, and then there's also the NBA, but they don't have any political power. Do you know what I mean? Mm. The GA is strange in that way. Yeah. It's more than a, a, a sport, isn't it? Oh, certainly. You yeah. have to admit. Anyway, for us, anyway, but yeah but like is it a mad how different it is as well you know like here it's just part of life or whatever you know you can play you can play junior b if you want in Mm. dublin like you know i think there are waiting lists to get into some ga clubs you know yeah so it's it's bad shout out to carl hayes who has just had his call shower namaste namaste carl have a good weekend actually this is a good time you know the way i kind of always bash tiktok for example well i was on tiktok last night and um one of the first things that came up was a live feed coming from today fm's presenter and she had live comments coming in and she just had her phone there and she was playing the music and people got a sense of joy and connection from it and not only that but she was ha- trying to get people to follow her be- to reach sixty thousand follows oh. and she got there and i was blown away by the comments box mark because they were all coming in saying oh you got there well done well done and it was a side of social media that i wouldn't have really thought before that these people you know were just delighted for her and they were happy to you know watch her do the radio thing mm. even though i would have thought that that was kind of gone you know like texting into radio stations has been fading in the last few years but mm. if we can see the person do the the music stuff then we we might like watching it yeah mm. radio it like it's weird isn't it yeah. the whole the radio thing that it hasn't really died do you know, it's managed to stay somewhat alive, maybe because the older generation are still out driving cars and stuff. Mm. But would you would you listen to the radio at home now if you were sitting down? No, definitely not. No. I can think of many, many other things to do. Yeah. I only listen to the radio because I'm not allowed to change the channel in the van. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to fucking bad talk in the van. <laughs> oh, he is the worst. <laughs> Here, let's jazz it up and take a newspaper article. This one, I'm loving this story. Comes from the Mead. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> little boy. <laughs> Look like Mary Poppins. <laughs> I like this. The new me. <laughs> Mercury is in his new moon. <laughs> imagine that's nice i know it's not i hurt no. my teeth when i thought yeah 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 oh, the show goes on the show goes on mark the headline from the Meath chronicle a holistic practitioner is calling on the river Boyne to be given same legal status as a human being ah! <laughs> <laughs> well why don't you have to look at it from this perspective 
actually can't. I was trying to find her perspective there. How, how can the river be a <laughs> This is coming from Magella Fagan of Dano of Green Tara. It's a college for holistic and spiritual studies. So uh, she says that a recent, uh, a New Zealand river was recently granted the same legal rights as a human being as called for by a Maori tribe that saw the river as an ancestor. And Magella believes that the vine should follow suit. <laughs> what why like why <laughs> what is the fucking rights of a person get married like get a mortgage does river take out a mortgage like what 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 river should what? have a vote river should have a vote river should be able to use uh oh i don't know they should not be moved against their own will don't move <laughs> I'm surprised you're retaining your whole own name with this person. Yeah. Oh, I need a new name, don't I? Yeah. Um, hmm. Peter. Peter. No. Peter, no. no. Um, hmm. What I be? Reginald. Oh, that's fair, Reg. Yeah. Reginald philosophy. Hmm. No. <laughs> Reginald pancake. That's fair. <laughs> Detective Reginald pancake. <laughs> Oh, so Mr. Pancake, what do you make of the story? Um, it's fucking bollocks. Like, why does a river need to be given? Like, right, okay, fair enough. We need to stop dumping them rivers. Stop. Well, yeah, yeah. Stop weaning them, even okay. if it's a nice day outside. All right. Use the ditch. These are big moves. But okay. it doesn't need human status. Right. We don't need to be doing this. Don't, be doing don't need to be doing this, lads. Just take a deep breath. Hmm. Take a step back. <laughs> That's a river. You're a person. Treat the river like you are supposed to treat rivers. Not like you're supposed to treat your wife. <laughs> okay, um, Mr. Pancake, um, <laughs> how do you, how should one treat their wife? Oh, well, uh, buy her tins of roses on her birthday. Oh. Um, you go to her family's anniversary masses. <laughs> Yeah, don't you, forget about the day. It's, it's the family uh, of uh, <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Why didn't we have Mr. Pancake on <laughs> with Callie and Brennan last week? <laughs> Mark, more news. Or sorry, excuse me, Mr. Pancake. More news, Mr. Pancake. Uh, there's an ancient untouched tomb discovered on the Dingle Peninsula. Wow. When we can go across the country, I'm going there. This right. sounds great. So, like, this tomb, it's, it's apparently it's extremely rare. A farmer discovered um, this tomb, and they think it might be from the Bronze Age. They're carrying out investigations. They're not revealing the location, but they think the tomb may date to the Bronze Age. That's 2000 BC to 500 BC, and it contains a number of highly unusual um features see as well as that i'm i have a book there at home about the cosmos and mm. they're they're interested in the shape and the orientation it's the whole thing of figuring out you know were they facing these tombs in a certain way because of the connection with uh space right mm. um so i i thought this story is fascinating mm. i mean extremely rare and now They've just discovered it on private land. Imagine being the farmer, just going about the business, and bang, you found a grave. Yeah. How old did they reckon it was? 
it could be at least 500 BC. Holy shit. 500 BC. Imagine that person as well. Like everyone else. Well, I suppose it's no different to being in a graveyard, I suppose. No. Only he just didn't know he was there. Like no one knew he was there. There is graves, there's bodies, is there? Or there's remains? one, yeah, they're probably, I'd say you're looking at a small number of uh, bodies. Mm. What do you reckon they look like? Bones, I'd say. Bones, that. Yeah, yeah. probably famine times, sure. Or when was the famine? No, no I wasn't <laughs> there. That was the famine came later. <laughs> Detective. <laughs> Mr. Pankin. Mr. Pankin. <laughs> we don't talk about the famine on this podcast. <laughs> Look, put your hands back where the show is. Yeah, yeah. That's all. <laughs> so, uh, congratulations so, to the man. <laughs> In other news, there, Kerry, this Jingle Peninsula, that's where we're going. Uh, anyway, now we're going to the sun because uh, Kerry TD, Michael E. Ray, has likened himself to the mad Russian mystic Rasputin. Have you ever heard of Rasputin? Oh, I've heard the name. Yeah, he, there he is. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. I normally only show the faces of one Liam Dunn, but now you're getting Rasputin Tough today, looking guys. man. Yeah. That has never been to Sandipandra. <laughs> so he says he's been on Laughs of Your Life podcast with Dura Garrity, and he has uh, he's escaped death on many occasions. A car accident, a shop fire, a forestry mishap, a bad run-in with a cow. Bad run-in with a cow. <laughs> um, but he said he has a few things. Uh, where... Yeah, basically, he's just survived a lot. Uh, oh, he cho- nearly choked on something when he was rushing his dinner once. Um, he, he had a run-in with Woody Allen, and he had to say Ooh. to Mr. Allen, hello, Mr. Allen, you're very welcome. I'm very sorry about this, but I have a gammy leg, and that's why I'm trying to hold on to you. I'm not trying to kiss you or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Woody Allen's been in trouble for his kissing lately, hasn't he? Oh, has he? Do you not know about Woody Allen? <laughs> I know all about Woody Allen. Woody Allen adopted two children from Asia. All oh, right. And married one of them. Oh, oh, interesting. Well, yeah, he got them when they were children, and then when they were old enough to be a child anymore, he said, sure, I might as well just have a wife over now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why not? Okay. Um... That's called grooming. You tried to make words meant to be. Yeah, yeah. That's called grooming. <laughs> There's something about that. Where's of course, the, the whoop strap is still on, Mr. Pancake, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be looking after my heart rate variability. Yeah. And, and just to be clear, guys, he is wearing a shirt underneath this. I shirt. am, yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> oh. I have an anniversary mask to attend that. <laughs> Myself and Penny Pancake. I'm actually a character in Cluedo as well. <laughs> What's your um, instrument of choice? Instrument of choice is the camera. Is that? You can hit someone with a camera. Oh. What would be your instrument of choice? To kill someone. Clipboard. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Sausages from. This. <laughs> it was Michael with the white pudding. <laughs> oh, Jane. Floated you as a black pudding. Big fan of black pudding. Really? I'm sure he had a, a, a flash flood about black puddings one day. Didn't oh, he? yeah, he did it. too. Yeah, remember that. Actually, yeah. a good memory. Uh, where would a detective find the outhouse around here, Mr. Brown? <laughs> Pressing matters. After oh. Where were we? That was it. I looked like, uh, you know, Bishop Brennan from Powder Tim when he had a big... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. 
Peter, have we another TTP, Michael? Or are we ah, sure, I suppose we'll take another TTP. Will we? Um, culture is to human beings what water is to fish. Now, that was a great one. I think I was either Lean Leslie or um, I might have been Lean Leslie, but it was a very good one. I like that. Mm, culture. Yeah. And the fact that it'd be invisible, but it's present. Ah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. It's all around us. Mm. Yes, we can't actually like touch it. Like fish yeah. can't poke water. Mm. Mm. Very interesting. Uh, it's interesting to see different cultures as well, do you know? Yeah. As I can tell you, like, that's what um, Colm, who hasn't come on yet, but when we do talk to him, I'm sure he'll talk about it. He went traveling somewhere. Yeah, went to Asia. Yeah, I'm sure he found the culture difference there. And that might yeah, yeah. Monks is, well. yeah. I think I, I look forward to going their places. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nice even for get... a few weeks or whatever. Mm. Yeah. 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 Asia would be cool, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. Would. I think you'd want a cooler attire. <laughs> I think so. I'd yeah. probably get like a waterproof one for the swimming pool and pee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how does, what does, what does Penny Pancake wear? Oh, not much. <laughs> Pick a page back yeah, to one and two eight eight. We have to go up for a chair, won't we? Sixty-eight. <laughs> okay, I, I'd like Mister Pancake to read this. There's page. the blood. That's the blood I was talking about. About blood being in the book. Yeah. There it is. He picked the bloody page. Mm. It's Mister Pancake. Not a detective for nothing. <laughs> Oh, Mr. Pancake, anything. Oh, okay. So this is actually the beginning of a chapter, chapter seven, the silver lining. And there's a quote at the top of it. So I'd read that. Please. Youth will come here and beat on my door and force its way in. Henrik Ibsen. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. We'll pick a different one. Um, but Cork's Thomas Mulcahy, one of, the gram- one of the game's superstars, came over straight away and congratulated me. I wasn't on magic mushrooms after all. I had actually won an All-Ireland. Oh. No. The euphoria. The euphoria. Or not an all star, sorry. All star. Yeah, an all star. Would you rather magic mushrooms or an all star, Michael? That's a great question. <laughs> um, well, first of all, what are magic mushrooms? Sorry, uh, I know we have to pair this back a little. Sorry. Like, you're going to be hallucinating with them. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. So, but are you going to experience reality? Are you going to, and when I say reality, it doesn't mean like, I don't know, the newspapers. Um, what do what do you think you'd experience a magic mushroom? Uh, uh, religious experiences have been documented oh, with them. Is what apparently what you get. So I wonder, is a religious experience more? Would you get more religious experience from getting an all star or, or uh, magic mushroom? Ooh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant! I now you have me with the all star. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's a beautiful analogy. Thank you, Mister Pancake. No, you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're, we've done it. <laughs> we're done. We've done. We're done for the day now. Let's go and gone. I have to find them young lads to burn down that house. <laughs> Just a final note for you. Uh, we are going to start a little thing on our Patreon with Mr. James Flood. Do you want to describe what it is while I try and find the fashion? Yes. Uh, we're starting a high performance podcast about high achievers in uh, life in general i suppose uh pitched by james 
So if you would like to listen to that, go on to Patreon, sign up, and yeah, listen in. It'll be good. Uh, it should be interesting. Good crack. James has been doing a lot of reading lately on high performance, particularly within sport. Um, me and Michael are high performers. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Mr. Frank. Uh, in both the detective world and dress up. Uh, no, it's not, yeah, give it a go. Yeah. Sign up, Patreon. Brilliant. Um, right, fellas, the time has come. I think we need to get a smart person. Oh, we've done that one. Sorry. Mm. Mm. Far and few between smart people. <laughs> um. Now, listen here. I have a question, and it's going to have to be answered by the fashion magnates and conglomerates. And, and that fell off a so good fashion at that shop. Where are the rest of men's trousers gone? You cannot get full-length men's trousers. They all seem to be these three-quarter-length ankles out shite. Two Johnnies have lots to answer for there. Whatever happened to full-length men's trousers? Going around like God knows what. Gok one. Everyone thinks they're Gok one now with their three-quarter-length trousers. Get proper pair of fucking trousers. Where are they? Where's the men's trousers gone? Where's the rest of them gone? Who has them? Are they being held hostage somewhere? Where's the trousers? Where are the trousers? I'm on it, James. <laughs> what I loved about that one is he definitely looked at his phone and saw 30 seconds. I have to do 15 seconds more. <laughs> Where are they? <laughs> 15 seconds. <laughs> Uh, you wouldn't be getting the ankles out much now, Michael. No, I don't know what he's talking about, to be honest. Uh, like, you know, everyone the, just the gets trousers. Sort of come to there, like, no, I never you know, cut that down, to be yeah, honest. Someone gave out to me once, rubbing my ankles out, and I didn't realize I did. Yeah. I felt exposed afterwards. I was like, oh, just slut. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why now you only wear the jacket, Mr. Pankin. Well, as John Denver says, <laughs> don't criticize what you don't understand. The times they are a change. I think that was Bob Dylan, was it? Not John Denver. Yeah. John Denver was Country Roads. Country Roads. <laughs> play us out, Michael! <laughs> Do the place. West Virginia. Mountain Mama. Take me home. Country Roads. Hey! 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 Take, Take me, me home. home. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs>